Boom. There we go. <coughs> no car today, Pete. Feels good. <laughs> All right, I gotta gotta turn the energy up here. I'm a little slow this morning. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Man vs. World. Look at us. How many? What are we on? Episode? We're on episode seven. Guys, I did the same thing seven times in a row. Can you believe it? A little bit of applause. A little bit of applause. Um, I did. Well, I mean, I kind of adjusted how we're putting these out uh, throughout the process. So uh, not exactly the same thing uh, seven days in a row. But I think think this is good. I think we're on to something here. I think we are. (laughs) Dude, we're creaming through these. And you know... Uh, Man, what I, did you just say? I said we're creaming through these. Creaming through is that a is that a phrase you use? I mean, I've 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 heard it both ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that's that's one way to say it, I guess. But you know, you know, we got. I'm looking at these show notes right now. We got a lot of juicy stuff. But before we get into that, I gotta ask Mark, how's it feel yeah. to be TikTok famous? Because you know, I know we're probably gonna be reading some of these comments here because they are uh, yeah wild. But first, yeah, so, I feel like we need. I need. I feel like you need to tell the boys what happened first. Well, guys, I'm I'm TikTok famous now. It, it happened. Um, I blew up. I've arrived. I'm now um, seen by many people who are probably mostly under the age of 16. Probably. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, all right. So basically, we've been messing with TikTok just to see what could happen because we heard it's a platform. It's got a lot of virality and stuff like that. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of organic growth potential, which a lot of the other main platforms don't really offer right now. So we're like, all right, well, we'll try a month and see what happens. And we found this one thing that, well, it's got how many views? We got four point four million views on it, and I got I'm up at like fifty five thousand followers or something. Anyway, it's absurd the the clip that went viral. But here here you go, guys, check it out. If you're struggling to quit porn, here's a little visual to help you out. Next time you're tempted, imagine yourself using porn, but view it from the third person as if you were watching a movie of yourself. See yourself hunched over, pants down, sweatily abusing yourself to multiple tabs of hardcore pornography. Think about it. How does this image make you feel? Do you want to be that guy? Click follow if you don't. If you're struggling... (laughs) And that's That's it. it. That's the thing. And it went viral even by like TikTok standards, right? Like 4.4. That's like a pretty viral video, right? So look at us. Um, But uh, like, you know, the the video itself, that's a concept I've talked about before. It's something I've legitimately used to help guys who uh, they kind of fall into this idea of, hey, using porn is just this thing I do. Um, It's like it becomes like brushing their teeth um, and they don't really have any context for it. And it's like all it takes is like, well, imagine what you look like doing it. And that usually causes a strong emotional reaction, which in turn helps them like reconnect with, oh, shoot, I actually don't want to be doing this. This isn't this doesn't jive with me. When I imagine like what it actually looks like, it's like, Ugh, that's not the guy I want to be. And so 
it's actually a useful tool. But uh, it seems like for a lot of people who aren't uh, necessarily interested in quitting porn, it has kind of like a a dual reaction. Uh, so for I imagine some people, it was that kind of wake up call. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's not the guy I want to be. Um, and we had some comments. It's like five hundred. It? It's got like half a million likes on it. Yeah. So that's like clearly some people agree with it. But what's weird is the people who disagreed with it, who were triggered by this or whatever, they all had the exact same joke to tell. And it's <laughs> gross. So let's, let's, I just want to share it with you what it was. It's like, uh, well, we'll come back to this shame based guy who's, he says, we got one guy who says, I want to do it more now. And then, damn, I look good. I don't know, bro. It turned me on even more. Literally came faster. Thanks for the tip. Guys, I did this and I came faster. Yes, I want to be that guy. Sounds kind of hot. <laughs> it's just like, and then it's it's like the same thing over and over again. It's and like, come you, on. And then you had the guys who were like, like this guy was was like, nobody can save the people in this comment section. Like, oh, were the <laughs> skull yeah, like cry real. emoji? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, right. Like this is this is so ridiculous. And it's like, yeah, I find myself attractive, so <laughs> I'm not addicted. But I don't, it's just like this is. This is crazy. Like, how, all right, first of all, do people like watching themselves while they jerk off? Is that like a thing? I didn't even, I've never even thought of that. Uh, and so I guess some people, they either are into it or they're just, they're just funny dudes. Um, but that's, that was a surprise. Uh, and then, you know, the, the one person who tries to make a legitimate point is like, hey, shame based imagery won't help addictions. And then he recommends some thing that I'm not going to read. But like, then I did a follow-up to this, and like what I was trying to point out here is like this isn't shame-based, all right? There's a there is a dis- I didn't make this distinction as clear as I should have in my follow-up video, but there's a distinction between guilt and shame. Okay, shame says I am bad. It's like I did bad, so I am bad. It's like my worth is tied to my actions. Okay, and that's actually not what I believe at all. I believe that we have an inherent fundamental dignity that is independent from the way that we show up. And we can deny our dignity, and that's really bad. We don't want to do that. Um, but we can't destroy it. We can't remove it. Uh, I, I think that's like a spiritual you know, belief of mine. Okay, So it's like shame, I agree, to tell someone, if you do this, you're bad. But that's not what I'm saying in the, in the thing. It's like you know, I'm saying, hey, just look at what you look like. What do you think of it? Okay. And then if you don't like the way you look, that would be guilt. That would be saying, hey, I am guilty of doing something that I actually think is bad. And guilt is necessary. We live in a world today that just does not want to see the power of guilt. Okay, Because I think so much of it is gets, gets mixed up with shame. Like Guilt says, hey, you're good. And because you're good, stop doing bad stuff that goes against your nature of goodness. Okay, And so... When we're doing this kind of thing, it's like you zoom the camera back, you watch yourself, you imagine yourself doing this, you know, degenerate action, and all of a sudden you feel guilt because something doesn't jive in there with you in your heart. You're just like, ah, that's not how I think of myself. And when I see myself like that, oh, there's a clash here. I'm going against my nature of goodness. And that pain is appropriate in the same way as like if you try and bend your finger too far in the way it does, it's not meant to go. If you try to bend your finger against its nature, your body produces pain. And that's good because if it didn't produce pain, you might do that more and you might break your finger and then you would use lose the utility of your finger. Same sort of thing with like your uh, the way you show up in, in the world. It's like if you start denying your dignity, you start going against your nature of goodness, 
that should cause pain, so it makes you stop. That's what guilt is. That's a good thing. And so we want to cultivate healthy guilt where appropriate and then use that to modify our behaviors. And this is helpful for changing behaviors. This is literally how you healthily train like a a child, (laughs) like my my three-year-old daughter. If she does something wrong, you know, I make it clear to her that like, hey, you know, I'm not like, I don't, I'm not, I don't hate you. I still love you. But what did we do wrong? You know, it's like we have to, she has to understand the thing that she did that goes against the right way of doing things. And she doesn't, it's it's not supposed to feel good to be corrected, to be, uh, you know, like brought back into alignment. It doesn't always feel good. Afterward, it does. After you make the reparations, yes, it does feel good, but not beforehand. And so people try to just dodge this discomfort aspect of things, and uh, it just gets crazy. So anyway, uh, that's that's a little spiel about us going viral uh, on TikTok, and who knows, maybe we'll, we'll do it again. But honestly, I'm kind of interested in looking forward to triggering these guys a little bit more. You know what? I You know, it, part of me is like... I'm not going to lie. The, the This next clip that we posted, because I'm getting kind of good at like crafting these now. I feel like I'm honing my skills um, of taking you like out of context on the podcast in order to piss people <laughs> off on TikTok. But um, it, I'll, I'll be I'll be real. When 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 you do piss people off on TikTok, for those of you guys who haven't tried it, um, it does it stings a little bit like initially. And then you go like, wait, hold on. This is TikTok. I should be. I want to piss these people off. And maybe it's a defensive mechanism, but there is a little bit of a sting to it initially. I'm not going to lie. But this clip here, I mean, why don't we just go ahead and watch this clip? Because this also had a big reaction. Not nearly as many views, but yeah. uh, yeah. Probably even more comments almost. There are a ton of comments on this one. So yeah, this one goes like this. A lot of guys who are super, super into working out, they're kind of losers. That's like the only thing they have going for them. They don't do anything other than the gym and they've kind of sought to maximize just one vector of their status stack and sure yeah they look great there but like they work a job they don't know how to be confident outside of the gym they don't have good conversational skills like all that kind of stuff what women want they want a guy who's on his mission and succeeding at it so i i thought that was pretty non-controversial like that one seemed like I, I get how the other one, you know, that that got a, a big reaction out of people. But this one, I was very surprised how many people told me we had a, a really let's see what they say. Bad take L take uh, point of view. You just got outlifted by a middle schooler. This guy's page is all L's. <laughs> that one's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. What these guys like, I don't think they know this, but I'm like, I'm a pretty good shape. Like I, I work out all the time. Like I am very pro gym. Um, but like. <laughs> The, the point is that if you just do only the gym, that doesn't mean you get to win everything. That's not that's not the ultimate cheat code. It is when you're a nerd, it really helps then. If you're like yeah. super like if you're super out of shape or you're super like unconfident, going to the gym does feel like the answer to everything. But it's not. It's just like the beginning. It's just the beginning of oh, now you get to play life for real. Like it's a fantastic thing. I love fitness. I love training. I love lifting weights. I love all that shit. But a lot of guys, they think that they found the they found the, the answer for everything, and then they just go all in on it. You you see those guys. They're they're at the gym every time you're there. They're there before you get there, and they're there after you leave. Um, 
And, you know, sure, they're strong as hell. They're big. Uh, you know, if they start getting on steroids, okay. It's like, well, like, at a certain point, it's just like, well, what are you really getting out of it at this point? Is this, is does this become, is this something that is allowing, is enhancing your life? Or is this now become a way for you to escape life? Because if you have a healthy relationship with the gym, it should actually enhance your life and help you live your life more fully. It should bring you up to a level of confidence, energy, strength, all this kind of stuff so that you can then go out and live the other parts of your life even better. And if you're doing that, fantastic. That's not who I'm talking about in this video. I'm talking about the person who just starts sacrificing more and more at the altar of fitness and they actually stop progressing in life. Like you think about it, it's like who runs the world? Not the most jacked guys. That's for sure, certain. Who are the richest people? Definitely not the most jacked guys. And like, I'm very much for this idea of like the jacked millionaire. You know, that's that's my goal. You know, I want to get up there. I want I want to I want to make that a thing where it's like we have men of like real balance and self mastery. That's that's my whole shtick. It's like, and I'm still going to pursue that. Like, I want to be you know on fire on all fronts. I don't want to be some like you know CEO who's like you know, flabby and uh, on the verge of a heart attack, okay? But I also don't want to be some, like, totally swole dude who lives in a shack and, like, can't provide for his family, okay? It's like, there's, it's trying to hit, like, learn how to do it all, right? And we just got to get that balance. That's all it is. And, like, all the people who don't get that, you're dumb. You're dumb. There's, you're, you're missing out. And it's just like, if you got a little butt hurt because I called you out because you only had one thing going in your life, listen, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. You got one thing. That's more than a lot of people. But let's make it more. You can do more. If you can if you can do a hard workout consistently, then guess what? You can do most other things. This is why I like the whole concept of quitting porn as the rite of passage for the modern man, because that's like one of the hardest things. And once you can do that, you can definitely do anything else if you put your mind to it. And so, you know, that's... I don't know. I'm not crazy here. Am I, Pete? Like, this no. Is you know what? The golden age guys, like... Uh, uh, Schwarzenegger and all these dudes, right? <clears throat> these these guys, I feel like, made it cool to obsess like crazy over this because prior to that, I think they were probably looked down upon a little bit. <laughs> Everybody's like, what are you doing? You're just picking stuff up and put it back down again. Nothing productive happens. Go build a building or whatever, right? Go some, lay some bricks. But, you know, after these guys came around, it's like, oh, these guys are cool. Arnold is numero uno, you know, like they, right. they're high status. But the thing is, they did that as a lit, like they, they were bodybuilders. That's their thing. So when you get a guy who's working at um, McDonald's and he spends as much time in the gym as Arnold, it's like maybe you should, unless you're trying to be a bodybuilder and unless you're doing drugs to get to that, because that's what it takes. You can't be like Arnold if you're not doing D-ball. Unless you're doing yeah. all in on that and you and you're and you're trying to get your pro card, then that's I, okay. There's an argument to be made. That's what your goals are. But yeah, most but even people, then, it's not it's their like, goals. It's just like they're yeah. working at McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, I, even if it's not that, even if it's just some like shitty accounting job or whatever, it's just like what's what the 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 question I have for you is like, what use of energy is going to give you the biggest payoff in your life? And you might be thinking, well, it's clearly just more and more time in the gym, or it's clearly more and more time playing video games, or it's clearly more and more time on my obsessive hobby, okay? The problem is, like, if that, if the, the pleasure derived from that endeavor comes only while you are doing the endeavor, then it becomes an escape. So, yeah. like, 
when you're that when you're the gym obsessed guy, yeah, you get that high status only while you're in the gym. Mostly. I mean, yeah, when you take your shirt off somewhere, but like at your job, it's not really going to be helping you up, out necessarily. It could maybe slightly, but it's not going to necessarily move you up the, the ladder or anything like that or uh, unlock your relationships or anything along those lines. Um, and so like you, you just got to be thinking like what kind of dividends does this pay and is it really worth it? Like if you invest in your career, well, that can unlock a lot of different stuff. Um, if you invest in your relationships that can, you know, unlock a lot of different stuff. So just always be thinking in terms of, you know, what's, what's the investment and is this something that has turned into an escape or is this something that's still like truly integrated with the rest of my life? That's all. All righty guys. Next up, you know, Jordan Peterson, someone I would consider to be fairly courageous, but turns out he doesn't consider himself to be courageous at all. Here, check it out. First of all, I'd like to just say thank you for having the courage to pursue the truth. And I'm very proud that you're Canadian, especially since truth has been so fraught lately in Canadian politics. People say this courage, they say, they talk to me about my courage fairly frequently, and that's not right exactly. I, I just learned to be afraid of the right thing. And I really mean that. I mean, I saw an endless repetition in my clinical practice and in my own private life when my eyes were open, the consequences of not saying what was true. It's like whatever hell you might fall into by opening your mouth when you have something to say that isn't popular, it's nothing like the hell that you're going to envelop yourself in if you lose control of your own tongue and mind. And I, like I said, in my clinical practice, I never saw anyone get away with anything even once. And so all you have in a situation like that is what is the truth. Now, you know, of course, you only have your approximations to the truth, but that's better than nothing. And so you need to be afraid of the right thing. And you should be afraid of contaminating your soul with deceit. That's what you should be afraid of. Mm. So that's a that's a great, great concept there. This idea of appropriately interacting with fear. One of the uh, one of the things that I have found, and it's becoming more and more true, and you guys are going to get more in-depth content on this in the future, is that uh, just so much of our power is actually found in negative energy. Like our our whole like psychological system is generally predisposed toward negative, you know, negative emotion, really, because that's more of the survival thing. It's like the negative emotion keeps you away from the thing that could kill you. Okay. And so that's why it's got to be stronger. Cause if you don't avoid that thing that could kill you, then you get killed and you don't get to play the game anymore. So that's got a priority in our nervous system. And so we tend to have more negative emotion than positive emotion. And if you can learn how to work with negative emotion in a beneficial way, well, that unlocks a lot of power. And so what Jordan's talking about here, I think is a prime example of that being afraid of the right things and using that fear to drive you toward, um, being more authentic, really. That's what he's talking about, like telling your truth. And this is something that that's hit me um, really strongly. Uh, just, you know, I've been married, shoot, how long have I been married now? Uh, since 2014. Uh, but I've been with my wife since like uh, 29, uh, almost 10 years now. And so like, I've been in a relationship for a long time. And looking back on it, one of the things I've realized is that some of our like worst kind of like 
situations and blowouts or, you know, challenges came from when I did not, when I was not honest and I wasn't honest because I knew it would lead to a fight. It's like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have the blowout. So it's like, I just, I, I held my tongue. I didn't say what I really thought. Okay. And temporarily it prevents a fight. It prevents an issue, but it leads to always, has always led to a much bigger issue later. Always, every time. And I think that's what Jordan's talking, or Jordan Peterson's talking about here, um, where he's saying, I never saw anyone get away with it in his clinical practice. It's like, if you don't speak your truth, then you are signing up for a reality that you don't agree with. Fundamentally, that's what you're doing is if you do not speak honestly about how you see things, then you are signing up to live in a lie. That's what you're doing because you are tacitly accepting whatever that reality is and then just going along with it. And so I think this this sort of uh, lying and and self-deception and just corruption of your frame of mind happens on all different levels. Like, you know, with the guys I work with when it comes to quitting porn. They tell themselves to lie that it's okay. It's like, this is, this is not that big of a deal. I'll, I'll quit tomorrow. Uh, everyone does it, so it must be fine. And it's like, okay. They, and then when I talk to them about it, it's like, do you really think that? And they're like, no, not at all. It's like the, the true me thinks that it's you know reprehensible. It's you know holding me back. It's screwing me up in X, Y, and Z way. Uh, and I'm like, well, you got to tell yourself that in the moments, right? They, but the lies have become so habitual that – they just do it by reflex then, and then they're trapped. And then this starts infiltrating other parts of their life where it's like they, they become very adept at lying to themselves in moments of difficulty. And then once that starts happening, then you get, you get a ceiling on your capacity. You can't actually progress beyond a certain point because you lie to yourself every single time it gets difficult and you give yourself an out and then afterwards you kick yourself and it's like, well, that's, that wasn't good. But then you're stuck because you just you just get in the habit of lying to yourself. Um, and I think like th- this happens pretty much like pretty much every area in your life where you feel stuck, you can probably find the lie. You can probably find the place where you are rejecting reality and saying, "Ah, no, that's not what it is." It's and you know you're just hiding from it. So learning how to show up, speak your truth, even if just to yourself, can change your life. But if you can also bring it into your relationships and into your work, uh, into your career, anywhere where you can line up your truth, that's that's how you line up your energy. Because otherwise, you just got a whole big wad of bullshit in your energetic channel that if you don't clear out, you're just going to be stuck. All righty, guys. Next up, we've got a you know we've got a little definition of an effeminate man from Elliot Hulse here. Now, I don't know about you, Merck, but when I think about an effeminate man. I think of a man who's maybe a little soft-spoken. Maybe his biceps are the same diameter as his wrist, you know. But Elliot here's got a, a much better definition. I think he actually ripped it from Thomas Aquinas. Let's check it out. What makes a man effeminate? According to Thomas Aquinas, it's a man's inability to put aside pleasure to pursue that which is arduous. Men are built rugged so that we can handle suffering in pursuit of that which is great. Are you pursuing greatness or settling for sinful pleasure? What makes... Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Elliot's um, kind of transformation and kind of this, this Catholic like MAGA dude is really quite, uh, I find it fascinating. 
because well i mean because i'm catholic and so like i see him like moving that way and it's like he was into this all wild far out like spirituality stuff before um and now he's like coming to like a much more kind of traditional sort of uh approach on things is is truly uh, a fun thing to watch and uh some of his stuff i think is a little over top but this is a interesting point to look at you know like what really makes a man um effeminate right and he's saying this you got to be you got to be pursuing greatness right you got to if you're shirking off discomfort then that's really what a feminist is. It's not about the size of your muscles or anything like that. And, you know, I would agree with that. Like a lot of the traditional tradi- traditional masculine characteristics, they are they're great, you know, like you know, strength, ruggedness, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't think you can completely distill all of that and say that is the entirety of what masculinity is. Because it, if it's just a physical thing, well, then, you know, it's someone who who's genetically you know, just not gifted in the physical department, uh, then they can't be a masculine man. And I just don't buy that because you see plenty of guys who seem very, you know, masculine, who are who are men that I strongly admire, um, but they don't have an impressive physique. They don't, you know, strike the most alpha poses and, and stuff like that. They don't, they probably don't have the, the strongest game, uh, whatever you want to call it. Like the there's something more that to the to masculinity, and I think what Elliot was getting at, and if I could like expand upon it, is this pursuit of um, active sacrifice is maybe the way to say it. It's like there's going to be pain in life no matter what, okay? And I think the effeminate way to go through life would be to embrace passive pain. Okay, and to and to be to have the 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 bulk of your biggest pains just be things that you just you just bear. So like for a man that would mean like oh I just have a shitty job and I just gotta bear it, um, you know oh I just need to deal with my lousy uh, relationships or oh I just I don't have good genetics so there's nothing I can do about it. And it's just like this attitude of victimhood. And where you want to be is you want to be. Being like, okay, if I'm going to suffer in this life regardless, because you are, bottom line. It's like, I'm going to suffer in a way that actually serves me. I'm going to go out and pursue voluntary sacrifice. And when you go at it that way, this is where I think we really start getting into the heart of masculinity. Because this is where like, the essence of masculinity, like our testosterone, really starts coming into play. Where testosterone is what allows you to embrace challenge actively, right? I would argue that women are actually better at dealing with passive pain. You like think about, you know, the one of the prime, you know, overtly feminine activities of childbirth. That's extreme pain, but it's passive. It's like they don't need to 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 like seek it out. It's like it will like if they get pregnant, it's just going to happen to them, right? You know, assuming they they don't aborted or whatever, but like, it's going to, it's something that will come upon them and then they just have to endure it. And I would say women in many ways, they're, they're better at dealing with passive pain. They're kind of wired for it. And a lot of child rearing, a lot of that kind of stuff is passive pain. It's like, all right, you got this kid. It's like, they're, they're there. They're going to be hard to deal with and like that sort of thing. But when it comes to big goals, you know, like trying to move, like, like create something larger than yourself, trying to go out into the world and uh, make your place in it. That's something that doesn't just come find you. 
that's something you have to go actively seek out. It's like you're stepping into the fire rather than the fire coming to you. And I think that's what testosterone is really about is it, it can get you hooked on that process of going out similar to how oxytocin, the more, you know, female, uh, uh, or estrogen, which affects oxytocin, the more female-based hormone, that helps women deal with the passive pain because they can connect with the love with their child a little more. They can connect with the, 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 the feelings of those people around them and help bear their suffering in a more passive way. They're, they're just equipped for it. And it's not saying that men can't deal with passive pain and women can't be go out and you know, active go-getters. No, I'm just saying if we're going to just boil it down to the essence of like what our biology is just most adapted to, for a man, it's going out, engaging in active sacrifice to make something, to achieve greatness, as Elliot was saying. And so, yeah, I think I think he's he's on with it there. Or Aquinas is on is is on point with it there. And uh, it's just something that you want to think about with yourself. It's like, what sort of active sacrifice are you engaged in? Is it something that you really do? You really feel like you're building something that you're excited about? If you're not. Why not? Get to it. Next up, we got a Reddit post from r slash purplepilledbait called Pornography is the Epitome of Cuck Culture. Mm. And okay. uh, let's it see. goes on to read here. Actually, do you want to read it, Mark? Yeah. So a few minutes ago, I was watching porn. Yes, I came into cuck culture. You can laugh at me. And after a post-nut clarity hit me, I came to the, a realization. Pornography as a whole is the epitome of cuck culture. Think about it. We derive pleasure from watching random men fuck women whom we desire. In the case of company-made porn, it's at the very least staged, but amateur and homemade videos often aren't, so they're even cuckier. The only exception would be masturbation videos. Watching porn is, is seen as normal now, thus proving that cuck culture has been normalized to the point that literal cuckoldry is seen as a normal and healthy thing. I've been saying this for years, guys. That's what it is. Porn is cucking more or less now i know i know the i already know what the objection is going to be and i bet if i scroll down i'm going to see it but let's let's just play this out okay it's like you know put things in hunter gatherer um scenario all right you're you're little oog in the village and then uh you're you know you got the hots for some cave woman okay but you're not you're not quite her type. You don't have enough status. You don't, you know, kill enough mammoths or whatever. And so she goes with uh, Grok into the bushes and, uh, you know, he's giving her the old uh, one-two. And um, you sit in the bush. You, you go climb a tree or something. You watch them and you beat off. You know, like that's, that's what porn is. It's like you watching someone bang someone that you wish you were banging. That's what it is. And that's, that's pretty, pretty cucky to me now let's see let's see if i'm right here peep oh what if i told you there's porn without any men in it up oh, there it is it's like yep so if there's no man in it it's not cucking right right okay perfect so instead let's let's change that caveman scenario instead of watching you know the girl you like get banged and jerking off to that you're just watching her bathe or pleasure herself and then you're sitting in the bushes and still jerking off to it it's not much better guys it's not much arguably it's even more sad it's just you know it's i mean i don't know if it's more sad they're both pretty sad well i don't know they're both pretty yeah they're they're both pretty creepy but this is this is the reality of it this is what porn is and so it's like do you want to be this creeper dude because that's what you're doing you're just being a creeper right 
These are real people that you're looking at. And yeah, maybe they even want you to do it. But like, what does that say about you? It's like you're letting yourself be like degraded simply because you don't have control over your sexual charge. And so much of this stuff is like tied to so much deeper shit. I know it's like just become your panacea. It's become the way that you deal with your stress, with your loneliness, with your boredom, with uh, your angst about the world. I get it. You know, I've, I've got a whole series on this kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's like sometimes you just got to wake up to the truth of like this is poor behavior. This is not the man that I want to be. And once you can get that clear in your heart, clear in your head, then you can go about being like, well, how do I actually solve this? You know, what are the underlying issues here? What am I running from in my real life that I keep, you know, going to these virtual bushes of, you know, porn uh, websites and jerking off to this crap? Like, there are going to be deeper issues there. And if you want, you can check out my sexual self-mastery series if you want to get a little bit more info or check out my Stop Porn, Start Living free uh, guide that we'll have linked below here. But at the end of the, end of the day here, guys, like you got to wake up. Uh, if you, otherwise, you're just going to live as a cuck and you're never going to be really happy with yourself because that's not the kind of man you're meant to be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we do have the free guide down below as always, guys. So be sure you go ahead and check that out. Um, but that's all we got today. Thank you for hanging out with us, guys. And uh, the new platform, it's coming. It's on its way. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it's right around the corner. So, uh, you know, you can also, by getting one of my guides below, you'll be put on my email list. So you'll be the first to hear about any of the new stuff we have coming out. But I'm really excited with for what we got coming. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Ooh, yeah.